Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Self Love Club, a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women. Welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. I'm Val Crawford, and you can find out more about why I've launched this club at valcrawford.com. I'd love for you to join it, and trust me, it's not like a cult or pyramid scheme. It's literally just a club where you can come hang out. It's going to be a fun time. Join me for a podcast series where we'll hear the stories of girl boss women who are doing super cool things with their lives. We'll find out how they've done what they have, their self-love and self-care practices, and they'll share their tips to empower you to live your best life. Anna Reeve has done a lot in her 32 years. She's been a super successful model, TV host and PR queen. Anna is a boss babe mama to five-year-old twin boys and is married to radio host and all-round legend Jay Reeve. Anna is also a business owner, one of the original New Zealand bloggers, columnist and alopecia ambassador after losing her hair at age seven within two weeks. We are so lucky to have Anna share her experiences and boss mindset on the Self Love Club podcast. Anna Reeve, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the Self Love Club podcast. How are you? I'm good and thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Coming straight from Pilates. I know. I'm real like Auckland and our way activewear (laughs) out and about. How good. And you've recently moved back to Auckland. Yeah. Where are you from? Um, yeah, well, I've born and bred here, but Jay, my husband, is from the Mount, and he lured me back there about maybe 15 months ago, and I thought that would be us. And then we've had to move back because another <laughs> job came up back up here. So yeah. now we're back. Yeah. What's yeah. that like coming back and, getting you know, moving house again can be a bit of a punish? I was, yeah. Oh, my gosh. With two kids too? Not fine. We had a 60-square-metre truck, and it was full to the brim. And I towed a trailer, Jay rode motorbikes up. It was, yeah, there was a lot. Yeah. But no, it's good. I mean, I'm from here. I was really sad because I was nervous to move to the Mount and would cry when we first started talking about it. I know. But when we got there, I loved it straight away and I adored living there. I love it. Um, So I was really sad to sort of go up my beach lifestyle and come back here. Uh, But I guess just because I've been, you know, I grew up here, just slot back in. My family's here, like all my friends are here, my best friend's here. So... It is easy, but I think I've just been too busy at the moment to miss them out. I'm yeah. sure when everything chills, and I'll just be like, oh, I can't just walk to the beach and mm. all those fun things I love down there. But yeah, no, it's fine. We'll go back there though. We will. We will end up back <laughs> yeah, there eventually. Of course, it's like it's not. Yeah, you just have to move. <laughs> so your another whole, move again. But move yeah, your whole house will, again. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll eventually go back there. So we'll see. So tell us about yourself. Like, so you're from Auckland, yeah. um, and tell us about because you've done so much. Like, I've sort of followed you for ages, and you. You've done heaps. Like, so take us back to like, (laughs) you know, high school and everything from there. What did you get up to? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I'm 32 now um, and I am a mum of twin boys. And, but rewinding it way back, I kind of feel like I have lived a million different lives. So I lost all my hair when I was seven to um, alopecia universalis. So I have full body hair loss. I lost within two weeks. So it's like, an eyebrow, my hair looked all choppy. My mum thought I'd been cutting it, like, like cutting my Barbie dolls hair. And I was like, nope. Wake up and there'd just be clumps of it out. And then one day I remember going to the hairdressers and we cut like a boy's hair cut in because it was so bad. And it, I think like within two days it had completely gone and I was completely bald. My dad's a well, was a pilot, he's retired now, and he was away and came back. And when he left, I had hair. And when, I, when he came back and I opened the door, I was bald. Aww. So. What was that like to go through, like, yeah, being uh, seven and then all of a sudden just really quickly your hair was gone? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously traumatic and pretty horrific. It's it's so long ago now. I don't know if, like, you block it out, you forget. I just, I, like, I think I've just really made peace of it. So when I talk about it now, it doesn't, like, hurt me anymore. Um, but obviously at the time it was not fun. Kids are cruel. Growing up with that wasn't good. I was really shy, really meek, had sort of no self-confidence, didn't think – they look beautiful, all the, you know, all those things that you usually deal with as a kid, plus being bored, which wasn't really fun. Um, and then that sort of 
that was sort of life until I was, um, you know, went through all the bullying stuff, the usual, not really fun. Kids are awful. Was that mostly at primary school yeah, you found? primary and high school. So the first two years of high school. So it was form one and form two back in my day. Now that's, what, yeah. year seven, year eight? Yeah, I think so, Sorry, yeah. my age. <laughs> no, don't worry, I was the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, the first two years of high school, girls, and it was girls that I had gone to primary school that came to my school as well. And they were so they did known you. Um, yeah, and it's one of those ones where they were like your friends, but then also your tormentors. I, I think that's quite like a common mm. thing within girls who get bullied. That often they are the people who be like your mate for one second, and then you don't know where you stand. The next minute they're like, nah, and just really cool. So was that almost like you know you'd already been through this traumatic experience? Was that probably almost the worst part of it? Um. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so because they just your whole self worth gets wrapped up in this stupid thing called hair. Like it's really silly when you think about it. And then, especially as a female, and then when the people who you think are your friends and who you love and adore, and then they're the ones that turn on you. It, yeah, it's pretty. Mm. Um, yeah, it's hard because you don't know who to trust really with it all. Yeah, how did you get through that bullying time? Because it's very nasty. Yeah, I mean, I can't, like I was. Um, I guess I put my head in the sand a bit about it. Probably didn't help in primary school when I I moved primary school maybe about a year after I lost my hair and I refused to let my parents tell like the kids in the class and stuff that I had a wig. I don't know why. That's my main advice now when parents come to me. I might make sure you tell the kids because kids are scared of things that they don't understand, which I think what it comes down to, especially when you're that young. Um, and I had these terrible wigs back then. They don't look like my ones do now. Yeah, they your wigs so now are like, I want your hair. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's funny. I was at, um, at Fit with some of the weekend. This lady was like, oh, my God, I just love your hair and your colour and blah, 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 yeah. I always get these chats where I'm like, thanks. I just smile and nod. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, it's a wig. But if you don't want to get into the whole combo, yeah. I'm just like, thank you. Yeah. Um, but, yes, they're great now. So I just didn't let them. And then kids would just, you could pick it. It looked terrible. It's like this big puffy wig with this big puffy mm. fringe. Um, and kids were mean, and then it all came out. It's a very dramatic story. It all came out officially when I was at Standard Four camp, and I went down this water slide, and I went down the water slide first time, sweet. Um, and then the thing was with my wigs is that they're made um, using like a vacuum technology. So when you put it on, it's the same shape as your head, so it pushes the air out and creates a vacuum. But as you're growing, your head gets bigger, so it lets air bubbles get in, and the vacuum doesn't work the same. So my wig was getting too small for me. So when I went down the second time air and water kind of got on the back, which is how you let it off, and it literally just like flew off at the end of this mud pit water slide, flew through the air. I felt oh. it come off. I held my breath under the water as long as I could, just didn't want to come up. Um, finally had to come up. A teacher had already grabbed my wig and they put a hat on my head and like rushed me off to oh, my robe. You poor thing. Yeah, it was pretty rough. I called my mum. I was like, you have to come get me. And mum came up. But credit to her because I don't know if I would um, be able to do it. But she made me stay. I was like, I need to go home. She's like, no, you have to face this. We'll go out and we'll explain it to everyone. This is the perfect time to do it. Like, don't run away from your fears. It'll make it even worse, you know, spending the week away and then you'll be dreading having to go to school, mm. you know, on the Monday. Um, and I'm really glad she did. Man, I'm really feeling for like little yeah. Anna at this yeah. point. I'm like, far out. That's horrible. <laughs> I know. I was like, mean mum. Uh, but it was it was totally the right yeah. decision. I'm so glad that she had the strength to do that for me and to recognise that's what I needed because mm. I obviously had been pushing her in the direction of not telling everyone the, all these years and it had not worked in my favour. Yeah. So we told everyone and it was good. Like no one was really awful that week or at camp. It was actually better. It was a relief to have it sort of out yeah. in the open, um, which then I guess started off going into moving to a new high school and, and letting people know then. Um, and then sort of, you know, that sort of went through. I got a sort of new group of friends in second form and they were great and were really awesome and weren't bitches to me about yeah. my hair. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, and then when I was like 14, 13, 14, I was out for a dinner with my friend for her birthday and I had this um, modelling agent come up and say, hey, here's my card. I think you'd, you know, you'd be a great model. Do you want to come and meet us? And I was like, oh, wow, that's really exciting. But also dreading it, thinking, oh, God, I'm going to have to go in there and tell them I don't have hair. And then they're instantly, of course, not going to want me, right, because models have beautiful hair and, you know, all these sort of things. Um, but my, we called. It was um, 62 Models and Talent, which Sarah Tetro, if you used to watch yeah. Sex on Model, that agency. Um, so I went in. Was really? it Sarah that came to you at dinner? No, it was um, no, it was another one of her older agencies. But I went in and met Sarah straight away, um, and I told them, and I was so nervous. And they were just like, "That's epic! That's amazing! I think it will totally work." And it was sort of quite shocking, I guess, for me 
and my mum, not that my mum didn't think that I, but you know, it's, they didn't realise it would be such a sort of good point to it. And then I shot a test shoot straight away, which then got picked up by the now defunct Pavement magazine and got printed right away. And then it just went off and I did 99% of my modelling board and it just went from there. It was a very perfect time in New Zealand fashion. It was a bit darker and edgier and just sort of everyone was into it. Yeah, well, you've got an incredible look with and without your hair. So, like, I think without your hair, like, you're very – I mean, you're striking anyway, but then, like, without your hair, you're, like, really striking. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, with my hair, I'm definitely more commercial. Like, I do, the stuff I've done with my hair has been really commercial stuff. Like, I used to do lots of farmers modelling um, and heaps of things like that. But, yeah, without my hair, it's an extreme different look, and I think you can play with it a lot to sort of change things up in terms of makeup. Yeah. I've had all sorts of things, you know, like being body painted and – all sorts of crazy stuff, Swarovski crystals all over my head. Um, yeah, so I did I did lots of fun things with that, and I think that was the, really the turning point of it's it's kind of you know, I kind of feel stink being like oh modeling made me realize that I was beautiful because you know people were saying you are, but I think it just made me re it actually made me look at what defines beauty and that it doesn't fit into this tiny box and that you don't have to have beautiful hair, you don't have to do this, you you know, mm. your points of difference is what makes you beautiful because if we were all the same, the world would be such a boring place. You know, it, wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. Um, you know, you want to stand out. Yeah. And that you should embrace your unique parts of your body and, um, and learn to love them. And I think that's what really helped me reposition my thinking around being a bored woman. That's so cool. So all yeah. through your teen years were you modelling? Uh, yeah. Pretty, wow. yeah, a lot. <laughs> and so what were some sort of highlights for you, like in terms of shoots you did or different work you did? Oh, um, gosh, it's hard to put your finger on. Oh, you did so I did, much. Yeah, yeah, I did a lot. Um, I love catwalk. Catwalk is my absolute favourite thing. Um, God, I'd love to get on the catwalk again. It's such a fun thing and such a high. So I love that I worked with all the designers in New Zealand. I remember um, there was like a Christian Dior show in New Zealand one year and I got to do that, which was really cool because it's just like these amazing clothes and we wore these um, platform heels that were insanely tall. Um, I worked with the body painter who did, you know, Demi Moore's birthday suit like yeah. Vanity Fair. Yeah, so she painted me like three oh, different wow. times. And it was – her studio at the time was in like the back of the museum and it was – I remember going there like it took forever. So it was like late at night in the back <laughs> of the museum and it was this really bizarre experience. Um, things I didn't get that were really cool, I was like almost got this part in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like really almost and then like a week before they're like, oh, we're cutting the scene now so you oh. won't have it. Yeah, I know. Oh, wow. Um, but, no, yeah, did lots of stuff, um, made amazing friends, met some really cool people. I had – I was really lucky. Like I had a really great experience within the industry. You know, I was never told to lose weight or never had anything dodgy happen to me met people that I'm still friends of now. Um, so, yeah, I just – I think it really helped shape who I am today. Like sort of came out of that shell, became confident, redefined how I looked at my hair loss. It was all just really – I look back at it so fondly. That's so cool. Yeah, um, I remember like around Fashion Week because you'll always go and you'll be like, I miss my modelling day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I sit there and I'll be looking secretly and be like, mm, I could teach that girl a thing or two about that walk. <laughs> we could fix a few things. Well, maybe that's something you could be doing. Oh, I did – like when I was still in the agency during Fashion Week, they would get me to come in and help teach the new girls. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it'd be fun. Should maybe hit up one of my designer friends and yeah, be like, yo, like, do you want an old model? <laughs> You're you might, not. I won't fit your sample size. You might have to make a special outfit for me, but hey, I'll give it a whirl. Oh, I think it's really cool that you had such an incredible experience with it. Yeah. Like, and that it was a time for you to really realize your worth, which yeah. is basically what happened. And it allowed you to know that you are beautiful and you don't have to have hair to be beautiful. Like, yeah. So I, I've always really admired how like confident you are with it. Like Thank you. you'll talk with your wig off and it's like not even a big deal to you. Yeah. It, I, mean, I mean, of course you'd be used to it by now, but. Yeah, but it's funny because. I think that whole thing with, you know, like it was Snapchat to start with and now Instagram stories is that is my, like I am so confident in my wig. I can go walk on a catwalk. I can go do speeches and talk about it and have it off. But my day-to-day life, I think it just became such a habit to wake up, put my wig on, and I it's comfortable. It's not uncomfortable to me. And then I just leave it on and take it off at night. So people wouldn't see me without it, even though I am confident without it. And it's almost this thing that just became just such a habit. Like I'd hear the door knock and I'd just flick my wig on, not because I, I yeah, it was. It was just like putting clothes on. Yeah, yeah, it was like one of those things that just, and then I also started to, I worried about how other people felt. So I felt comfortable and happy with it 
but I didn't want to make other people feel awkward, which now looking back, I'm so stupid. Yeah. Who cares what? You're I being too kind and yeah. thoughtful, yeah. So I wouldn't wear it because I – and sometimes as well I just want to just go about my day and you don't want to be – like you get the looks and you get the questions. Yeah. I mean it's just like in the last maybe five years, yeah, with Instagram and Snapchat, something talking about on there and people seeing that all the time. It's really funny when you get new followers and they don't know and they're like, whoa – you didn't. You don't have hair now. If they don't realize, yeah. Um, and then I think that's led to me. You know, now I'll go swimming without it at the beach, or I'll go to F forty five and not wear it. Um, so it's just becoming more. It's not becoming such a habit for me now. Like I'm That'd happy be to good wear perks it as well. Because like you, when you get your hair done, it will stay nicer for way longer. Oh, it's so good. You just like get your hair blow waved at night, put it on the stand, don't wake up. Yeah, that is the ideal. Blow wave has got lots of legs on it, and in the heat wave as well. Like when it's hot. You're oh like, yeah, because they are really hot. Imagine having a silicone cap oh on your gosh. head. It's good in winter. Yeah. In winter, I think I'll wear it much more. Like I'll work out with it in winter because it's cold. I get yeah. cold with it, but um, in summer it's so nice swimming. But out of same thing, have nice hair, take it off of the beach, dive into the sea, and then go back home later. You don't have all this, like, salty yeah. gross hair. And the feeling of it, the water across your head is very nice. Yeah. Do they know what caused it? Um, what causes alopecia? So it's an autoimmune disease. Uh, so they don't know what triggers it, but basically something in your body triggers it and your Oh God, I've, I haven't even looked into that. It's your white, your white blood cells get, attack your hair follicles and right. then it falls out. Something's yeah. People who've got it, if that's wrong, don't hit me yeah. up. I haven't said that in so long, I forget. But basically something attacks my hair follicles. They could grow hair. They let go of the hair that they have and they just don't. They go dormant essentially and they don't grow hair anymore. And they they don't know a lot about it. There's obviously not a lot of research into it because it's not, I guess for some people they don't look at it as an important disease because it doesn't, you know, you know, I'm very lucky that I'm fit and healthy because of it. I mean, I know that it mentally destroys so many people. I'm definitely on the opposite end of being really at peace of it. Like if you said, here's a pill today, take it and your hair will grow back and you'll have it for the rest of your life, I would say no, I, don't, I wouldn't really? want it. Really? Yeah, so I'm opposite and being That's so better. good. Yeah, I, I, only if you said this, just give you eyelashes back, I'd take that. I'd love yeah. some eyelashes, but otherwise I'm happy with it. Um, But the, long, the longer you've had it, so the earlier onset and the um, severity, so mine – is the worst type you can get, and it's like 0.1% of everyone with alopecia has my type, so it's the rarest form. So since I got it at seven, the likelihood of it growing back is so little. Like I've got that old man shiny head thing now where you're sort of the hair follicles sort of close over on the top of my head's quite sheeny. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so they don't really know much about it. It's yeah. sort of one of those weird diseases. I think there's more medication people looking into it these days, but it's not even – I don't even stay on top of the research into it now because, it's as I said, it's just not something that – I want to grow back anymore. Mm. But I understand for people that that is like their main wish. And I think it would be harder for people who've got the one where you get patches. So you've got yeah. you know, long hair, but then you might have this like giant patch. Like that. I mean, I think it's way harder because if you do want to hide it, that's harder to hide. I mean, I can just check on this wig and it's epic hair and I've got five different hairstyles. But if you're within alopecia areata, which is the patch you on that sort of a different yeah. ball game. So I get that that must be harder to... You are an ambassador for it as well. So what sort of stuff has that involved? Are you helping other people that have gone through it? Yeah, it's just um, working. I've worked with different charities globally and it's just more talking about standing up for the fact that there isn't a lot of research put into it. And as much as I'm happy with it, there is, I know, millions of people who do want that research to progress, that there is an option for them if they need to, if they want their hair to grow back. I mean, no one should have to live with a disease, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, I've done a lot of work with talking to sort of younger kids and teenagers a lot. Often when girls and stuff are going into a school or a high school um, and going, sometimes it's nice, as I said, kids are scared of what they don't understand. And I think it's nice if you have someone older who, like, they can look at it as an authority on something, stand in front of them and be like, this is what we have. It's really cool. This is how you should treat her. This is not, this is how you shouldn't treat her. Look at all the fun. You know, people get as lame as it, as it is, people kind of get, bamboozled by all the fun stuff. So I can be like, look, here's me modeling. Here's me doing all these things. I've done cool stuff for this. It's totally fine. And I think it helps, yeah, change people's mindset on. I've been like, or, you know, poor you or, oh, you've got this disease. To be like, hey, you know, you're different. It's unique and it's cool and, you know, we'll accept you. So I've done a lot of um, talking with that to help people sort of segue into school because looking back, that's what I should have Mm. had. I remember when I first lost my hair, the wig company who makes my wigs, they're actually from New Zealand, Freedom Freedom Wigs, they're incredible, um, based in Dunedin. They put me in touch with someone who had it for her whole life, but it was this older woman, um, and she was, I don't know, at the time she must have been like 50 or something. So it was really hard. <laughs> it was like yeah, a nine-year-old, I think, when I met her, and I was like nine when I started wearing these wigs. 
you don't relate. No. So, I mean, I know I'm getting older now than these young kids, but it's, uh, you know, it's not just nice to know how. Yeah. You're still young. Yeah. And just be able to reach, you know, people reach out all the time and ask advice and I'm always there and they'll email or a call or meet them for a coffee and meeting parents and stuff now as well, young kids, and sort of talking to them how to make them feel better. Because I think there was with parents is there's this wanting them to fix fix mm. things and that's what my parents did my dad being a pilot we could fly cheaply so we flew all around the world trying all these different um you know things to try and make it grow back and got to the point where they're gonna put steroid shots in my head mm. and I just said to him dad you know what like I'm done I know you're trying to help me but I'm I'm exhausted I'm tired of this it hurts or you know all these things if it's gonna grow back it'll grow back let's just live with it and I think they needed me to say that to give them permission that it was okay for them yeah. not to try and fix me and I think that is a problem with anyone who's got a sick child or something, you you know, they always want to be the one that can come up with a remedy. Yeah. Um. So talking to parents to really help gauge them, being like, does your kid actually want you to go down this route? Or mm. yeah. yeah, that's a good perspective. Yeah. You have been with your now husband, Jay, for quite a long time. Yes. But And we'll talk more about that soon. <laughs> but, like, did you find, like, dating growing up hard with it? Yeah, um, I did. So all my sort of first boyfriends, you can sleep in their, these wigs. They're not comfortable to sleep in and it's bad for them because they start – Ironically, they start going bald. Um, <laughs> yes, I call them. I say they're dying when they when they get to that stage. Yeah, my wig's dying. How long do they last? Um, depends how well you treat it. I I this wig is really old. I think I actually got married in this hair. Wow. So I've been married five years. Wow. Um, but it's, I it looks yeah, so good. Like yeah, it's in good condition. It's, it's been fixed once. Where there's a couple of bald patches, they put some more hair in. But the rest is great. But I've got quite a few wigs, so I can rotate them. I guess if you've just got one, if I had one, then maybe I'd be like year and a half too. Yeah. Um, they hate me saying this, but I'm really bad with caring for mine. I think because it's just such a part of my wardrobe, as you said, I don't wash it out every day and do all the things you need to do. Yeah. So if you take better care of it, maybe it would last longer. Well, yours still lasts pretty long time. Yeah, but I also, and it's also something to do with sweat because your sweat eats away at the silicone and I'm, I'm not a sweaty person. I, people will find this gross, but I literally don't wear deodorant. I really? Never, yeah, don't need to wear deodorant, never have. I wonder if it's to do with the no hair thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's hair follicles, but then I know the alopecia who do, and you can ask any of my friends, like, yeah. never would have ever smelt, smelt me. The only time I ever needed it to wear it, and I was like, oh, wow, I've got some pong going on, was when I was pregnant with the twins. Oh. I guess, guess hormones Changing hormones, and yeah. yeah. But otherwise, I don't. So I think that I don't sweat a lot, so maybe it doesn't affect good, my wig yeah. as much. Yeah, so, yeah, I promise I don't smell, guys. Yeah, no, you don't, don't smell. <laughs> so, yeah, like was, what was dating like? You said you could sometimes sleep in them. Yeah, but, but um, it was it was really difficult. I didn't show maybe like my first like two sort of like proper boyfriends. I just wouldn't show them. I would just sleep in my hair. They knew because they would see my modelling photos and all that or they'd be all that. But then in personal life, I don't know. I just found it. Were really they hard good about it? it? Yeah, like they weren't bad. It's not like they said anything bad, but I think I wanted them to ask. I wanted them to be like, "Take it off. It's fine. Like I'm cool." Yeah. But then they just kind of ignored it and say anything. I've got people who said they're cool with it, but then later when I was showing it, my actions feel like they weren't. Like in the way that they'd act when it was off versus on. Um. I've yeah. I've had boyfriends that. Um were like even worked in the sort of modeling industry with with me and see it and then when it took to that stage they I could see that it was a battle for them to sometimes get yeah. past it and they I guess they're young and I don't know like we're cool now I don't like you know was it hard for you at the time though yeah it was it's kind of like oh shit especially because they knew it's not like I yeah. sprung on them every boyfriend I've ever had I've never like gone on a couple of dates and then like oh by the way I don't have hair they've always I'm pretty upfront about it. Even when I first meet people, somehow it always ends up coming to conversation quite early and I'm very like, hey, I've got alopecia right here. Yeah. People usually find it really interesting when I yeah. chat. It's not ever a bad thing. So, yeah, like people were – I've never had a terrible experience with boys, but it just took a while. I think as well back then I was so slim, just naturally so slim, and like had no boobs and then like you take off the hair and it's almost – it's this um, – hair is, I guess, a lot of wrapped up in your femininity mm. and it was – I, feel, I think I just felt so stripped back. You know, when I don't have eyebrows, you don't have eyeliner, you take your wig off, I'm probably like 25 kgs lighter than what I am now. I have no boobs. I was so slim that I just felt like a bit alien and boy looking. In mm. fact, actually I did a modeling job one time when they made, when I was an alien. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe that's where it comes from. And I just, I just, I think I just didn't feel like sexy and like a woman and I hadn't learned to embrace that part of 
me. Like it, it was, you know, it's an ever-evolving process. Mm. And it wasn't till being with Jay that he was the first person, that like he was the person who asked and just said, take your wig off. Like it must be uncomfortable and I don't care. And he had seen me. It's actually really funny. He had read an article about me that was in like a new idea on um, one of those magazines when I was probably about 16 and he would have been 18 or 19 and it was at the doctor's and the GP and he read it and he, he remembers he's like, I remember reading this article about you and being like, oh, that feels really cool or whatever. And then years later we met. Um, so he had known and seen it and he was the one, yeah, who pushed me and asked me and I did and he was the first guy where you can see some people like, you know, t- clock it in when you've got it on and then take it off. It's sort of like this, oh, okay. But for him he just never, like it's like he didn't even notice. I'll walk in even now like in the room with my hair, go out, take it off, come back in and you don't even see him like, take that second look or glance. Mm. It's just me in both ways. He's just, and made me feel like he loves it. He's he's like, you've, when we're dating, he's like, God, I hope this works out because you've ruined me for life with other women because I'm so smooth. My skin is like baby soft. He's like, oh, how would I ever go back to spiky legs? Yeah. And he loves it. Like he's always, he's like, you're so beautiful and you're so sexy, both that are on or off. Like oh, he, that's so good. Yeah, like he lo- he's always like, go bald more. Like he really, like I think he almost prefers me, prefers me bald. Not that he has, you know, it's not like he had a ball finish or anything. <laughs> but, yeah, he like he loves it and he made me feel so confident. I think that's why it's his working in progress as well. As much as I was confident back then, I could model with it off and I just slowly am getting, like, just don't care. And yeah. I just don't care what other people think and sort of go on baldy more often. Yeah, good. Mm. Um, how did you meet Jay? Um, Well, we just sort of met over the years in Auckland fashion, out and about and events and stuff, but I'd been dating someone. He was dating someone, we'd, you know, just friendly and would chat. And then when I, I used to work at Red Bull in the communications team after uni and um, he used to come in there and do heaps of work with them sort of in, I don't know, that sort of realm. And he, Jay sort of like, he makes, people love Jay. Like if you meet Jay, everyone, it's funny, it happened again the weekend I met this guy and he's like, your husband. And I started smiling. He's like, what are you smiling? I was like, he's amazing. He's like, yes. I was like, yeah, He's one of the nicest people you'll ever yeah, meet though. He's like so personable and like. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's very kind. Cool. Yeah. He's just kind and he cares about everyone and he'll give you everyone the time of day and mm. he'll look you in the eye. And so I, that's why I laughed at this guy because I was like, this is how everyone starts this yeah. conversation with me when they know my husband. But um, so he would come into the office and he would kind of – and he makes women feel really amazing. He's like a nice flirt. But like he's not, like, hey, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not creepy. He's no. like, hey, beautiful. Like he's just really complimentary and you, feel, you walk away feeling like good and sort of charged mm. up. And so he would be quite flirty, but I just thought it was that – him being Jay. Yeah. Um, and then eventually one night we were out at Cassette Bar, which oh, isn't around anymore. Yes. Yeah. Um, the old teapot. And I was with Julia, who you know. Yeah. And she was um a little bit too drunk. And <laughs> <laughs> I love Jules when she's a little bit too drunk. Yeah, Jules can get this. She's a lightweight. Um, give her some champagne and she's gone. And no shots. She orders oh, shots, and no. that's what she was making me do. Anyway, she was a bit Piss and at the bar and I was like, mate, you need to go home. She's pretty much like falling asleep on it. And her sister was with us, luckily, and so I walked out, went to the cab, and I was going to get in and go home with them. Then I was like, you know what? And I said, I was like, I just want to stay out. It's Auckland. I'm sure I'll meet someone. I just want to go flirt with boys. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah, and luckily her sister was with us so she could take her home. Otherwise I wouldn't send her home by herself. And I walked back up um, the road and as I walked in, Jay walked in with a bunch of our other friends. He's like, hey. And I was like, hi. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm by myself. I kind of need mates. He's like, come with us. Yeah, he was quite drunk. And I remember I was wearing these really tight pants. He's like, your legs look amazing. <laughs> um, creeped down on them. And we danced all night, went home, and then he's just never left. And we, yeah. <laughs> he's just been in your life ever since. Pretty much. He was kind of like in between the flats at the moment as well. So he just, yeah, he just stayed. And then we moved in together. And then we were married two and a half years later. That's so cool. Yeah. It's like dream story. Yeah, it kind of just, it, we just, we both, you know, had, had long-term relationships before and we just knew and we both had like wanted to get married young and have children young and it just really is my other half and we yeah. just make each other better together. Yeah, he's super cool. And I think like, for me, he's one of the most genuine people I've met in mm. this industry. Like I really trust him. Like I came to him for advice a while back and it's like, He's just, yeah, you don't meet people like him very often yeah. that are genuine in, in this industry. He is. My mum's always said that. She's like, you can, like, you need to marry or be with a man who's kind because you can't change that and they can't become that. No. So you're... I always look that for kindness is the most important thing and Jay is the most kind guy and he'll help, you know, you ask him to come and help rake your lawn and he'll do it. You know, he mm. will help anyone if he can. He gives mm. everyone so much of his time almost 
detrimentally sometimes where gets pulled in so many different directions like honey you can say no sometimes and it's not rude yeah yeah but, definitely mm. so you guys got married you've yep. also worked so you worked in PR a lot as well yeah, right so like I had so I did the modeling it also randomly ended up there was a tv uh yeah station called alt tv yeah I remember you doing ago. that um so I did produce like I did a dance music show with General Lee for a while and then I moved on to like a fashion tv show it's New Zealand's first ever fashion show Called the scene, um, so I did that for like a couple of years whilst being at university, uh, which was really cool. So did that come about through your like your agent and your modelling, or nah, um, just sort of people I knew, and then yeah, I guess looking for someone who was happy to like chat. And then within the fashion industry, it's very small here and very clicky. And because I modelled and I'd grown up in it since I was fourteen, that I knew a lot of people. Mm. So I guess it's been able to get that foot in the door. Um, so I did that. It was really cool. And then I had like a, a website called Front Row Diary for a few years. There used to be this website called Runway Reporter. It was sort of like the fashion website back then. And then that went defunct. So then I started one. So I did that for a few years randomly, all while at uni. And then I um, finished my degree. It was kind of during the global crisis. So there, I didn't get another a job for a, a year after uni. And then I got one at Red Bull and I did Red Bull Communications so I worked there for years, Jay, and then um, stayed in PR until I got pregnant. Yeah, and yeah. you've got the the nuggets. Yeah, they're five, which freaks me out. So they're identical twin boys, Oscar and Hunter, blimmin' cute. They're so cute. Blimmin' fun, but a lot of hard work. Keep yeah. me on my toes. Uh, so, we yeah, we got pregnant with them, and I was really sick. We had to do IVF to get pregnant. Jay swimmers decided they don't want to work properly and they just swam around in circles instead of doing what they needed to do. Mm. So we did XC, which is the sort of next version up from IVF, which was a real shitty thing to have to do. I think I was like 26. Was I 26 or 25? Young, basically. Mm. Um, all felt very unfair. And that's sort of why people are like, oh, that's why you're twins because you did fertility treatment. But we only put one embryo back and the embryo split, which is how you get identical twins. So that's just complete freak yeah. thing that occurred. So that's not why we got twins. So Jay's always wanted twins. And another thing I'm being kind, he's the luckiest man in the world. What that man wants, he always gets. It just somehow falls in his lap. And he has always wanted twins. And when we started fertility treatment, he's like, yay, can we, that means we can have twins. She was like, no, you're crazy. You were so young. You don't need, I'm never putting two embryos back in you. And he was gutted. So the lady, when she said, oh, we have to talk about the two of them, he just like squealed and just like clapped his hands. was like, yee! And jumped up and down. I think a good heart often gets what it wants. Oh, it's like I was like, you put this out to the universe and the universe delivered for you. Because you're a good person yeah, and you got he's, it. He's like, what is it? Ask, believe, receive. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, you, you got it. This is your fault. <laughs> now I have twins. Yeah, and I was horrified. So it's not even something I'd even. Some people, Julia, Julia's always wanted twins. It's one of those things I'd never even thought about for two seconds. Oh my God, yeah. Because like the thing with twins, and I was talking to like Nikki about this, yeah. was like, You've got two kids at the same stage going through mm. the same thing. Like, you've had to deal with that. What's that like, having two kids that are needing the same level of attention? It must be so full on. It's, it's insane. And people, I had someone say in the weekend as well, they're like, oh, my kids are 13 months apart. I was like, don't say it. Don't <laughs> say it. And he goes, oh, well, maybe it's even worse. I was like, no, it's not. You have 13 months without another baby. And the boys were quite difficult. They had reflux and colic. So they just, they were miserable. They screamed for like a year and I hated I had got postnatal depression and I think it all was wrapped up as well because I had really um, bad hyperemesis gravidium. So I vomited like 20 times a day my entire pregnancy. Oh, my God. I was 10 kgs lighter at full term with the boys in my stomach than when I got pregnant. That's like, crazy. Yeah, I was like my arm was a stick. It's so crazy. Looking just couldn't keep anything down. Nah, I just vomited and I, I don't know how I worked. I worked up until – 20-something weeks, my poor boss was pretty much paying me to go vomit in the disabled bathroom constantly because it's the only one that had walls so no one had to listen to oh, me. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, it was really miserable. So, so was that your whole pregnancy? Yeah, my whole pregnancy. I, I think I had like a week or two of respite and I was like, yay, and then it came back. <laughs> oh, you poor um, thing. And I had really extreme pain. The boys were like breech and transverse, so they sat really funny. Oscar just like pushed my whole left rib cage out of place. They're, my ribs are so flared now still. They just like haven't ever gone back. So I, I was – like being managed by the pain management team at the hospital, it was pretty horrific. Mm. And then I had early term labour at 30 weeks, but they managed to put it off. And I was kind of, I know it's really bad to, to want your kids to come early because they would have been in NICU even longer, but I was so relieved. I was like, please come, I can't like, go how through long this. Did they, 
so they were, that was at 30 weeks, but then they ended up staying in and I got to 34 weeks. I was like, those buggers were just tricking me, those little assholes. <laughs> I was miserable. Like I really wasn't like bonding with them, even in my stomach. I was so unhappy. And then I rolled over in bed one morning at 34 weeks and my water broke. So yeah, went in and had emergency C-section and yeah. they were born. Yeah. And so them as new babies, what was that like for you? Yeah. So we were in NICU and because I had had a C-section and because they were needed air and all those sort of things. They were rushed straight off to um, Nico J with, went with them. I got wheeled back into the recovery room. My parents were there and I sort of said, I was like, I feel like I've had my appendix out or something. Like I don't feel like a mum. And everyone had talked to me about those rushing love feelings. Like when you see your child, you love them straight away, which I was really worried about because I didn't, like I just felt awful my whole pregnancy and I didn't mm. feel like I, you know, I blamed them essentially, which I feel awful looking back on now. But I didn't feel that. But I had to. I felt like I had to fake it for everyone because no one had ever said that. Sometimes it can take a while. Everyone else had just been like, "Oh, I love my children instantly." So I felt like this. You had not a very nice experience, yeah, though. So I that's just, understandable. Yeah, but like I guess people who haven't gone through that don't get it. So I felt like a bit of a monster that I'm like, "Why don't I instantly like love and obsess with my children?" Mm. Um. So I just faked it till I made it. I just yeah. pretended like I was the best mum ever and going for it. Um. We were in Niku because I didn't stop vomiting. After my, after my, usually when you, um, what's it called? Is mum brain store thing five years later? I can't think of it. Placenta. Placenta. There you go. There we go. There it is. <laughs> I still blame mum brain. Um, <laughs> that once that comes out, you're meant to stop vomiting, but I vomited for like two and a half, three weeks. After oh my I gave birth. God. You the, had the worst it, time ever, you poor thing. My obstetrician was like, I've never seen this happen before. I literally think you've caught like a vomiting bug between, I was like, no, mate, this is just, I get the, if that's our joke as well, if something bad isn't to happen or something's not meant to happen, it happens to me. <sighs> um, So, yeah, I just got that. So I was still kept in hospital, luckily, so I could stay with them the whole two weeks. So we got them out faster because with kids that little at 34 weeks, they were about two kgs when they were born, it's learning how to feed and put on weight. And because usually mums, after seven days, if you had a C-section, you can stay that long. But if, if you've had a vaginal birth, you're out after, you know, pretty much two mm. days. If maybe a Nika, they let you stay. So the kids are fed by an NG tube with a nurse overnight through their nose. They don't learn to feed as fast. But because I was feeding 24-7, we got out within two weeks. I should have stayed in longer now looking at it. Mm. Um, and we really struggled. I remember being so sick when we got back and we had to go on A&E and I was just sitting in the A&E, like breastfeeding these two kids, hooked up to an IV, feeling absolutely miserable. Um, and Joe was like, are you sure you're fine? Like, you're crying a lot and you just don't seem great. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. And I pushed through for maybe two or three months until my Plunkett nurse, who was amazing, this old lady, she was so fabulous. She, My mum was with me at the Plunkett visit one time and she was like, how are you really doing? And kind of pushed me on it because she must have sensed it and I just broke down and Aww. had a complete um, mare and it was decided, like, I was that bad. And I was so exhausted. The boys fed two hourly for 16 weeks. They never slept like they slept for 40, even overnight, they never did long stretches. So you were, weren't getting, you were sleep deprived. Oh, as well, And yeah. you'd been so they, ill the whole way through. Yeah, and, it, and like having to, I think looking back, it was like having to do IVF, then getting pregnant, then getting sick. And it was just this, it was like two years of emotional trauma. Mm. Um, And so my mum took the kids for two nights and I was just dropping off and um, pumping. And so we just had two nights to re-get back on and I went and saw a therapist and we were talking all through it. Um, so eventually climbed out of that hole, but it was, really hard and as well not bonding it made me feel even worse it was like compounding on it and it was like it was a slow burn but now I appreciate even more like it took me a while to I think you know your your kids are strangers when you meet them and it's like we I, like I, we learned about each other and um and then now the love is all there and so full and I completely understand it now but it just took me a while to get then I think I appreciate it even more now but at the time it just felt really awful and yeah. now I realize that that is there's so many women who go through that, but no one had talked about it. And that's kind of why segue into I started my blog again, um, which I'm really bad at blogging now. But oh, you know, all when the you got on, yeah, yeah, all the online stuff. And just talking about that journey and people reaching out and like, actually, I felt the same way too. And I wish that someone had told me, it's okay to feel that way. It's, mm. you know, you're not a monster and it will come. You don't need to stress out. Um, and it's so good, I feel, within our digital world now, people – you know, Instagram wasn't like it is now five years ago. No. There's so many more people talking about it, so people feel that connection and don't feel alone like I did. And I think that really helps people from going, you know, into that downward spiral. Yeah. How did you get through the postnatal depression and that spiral? Um, Just I relied, like I made sure we had a lot of help. I'm so lucky my mum would come and help. I really 
um, Jay is a super hands-on dad. He got up and did every feed with me at night. Um, he was in there. So, and I made sure I asked for help when I needed it and had, I've always been really good on my own. Like I like my own time and so many mums, it's fine. There's no judgment there, but there's a lot of mums I know who even the kids are like six and like, I've never had a night away from them. And that's just not me. I, that's fine if you're that way, but I need like me time. And then I need me and Jay time to feel recharged and make myself a better mum. So Jay and I were really good at, you know, every couple of months, I'd go have a night away together. My mum was more than happy to look after the boys or come babysit and go out for a night. We try to really keep that, you know, like date each other still and yeah. have that social life and still be us because I've got a friend whose parents have been married since I was 16 and I'm always like, you know, what's the advice? And she said, she's like, make sure you don't, you know, you keep falling in love with your husband over and over again because when you, especially when you have kids, you have your kids for 18 years and then if you get so wrapped up on it when they one day leave and go off to uni or whatever, you look at each other and you're like, oh, hello, you again and it's just mm. you. She's like, you've got to keep that thing strong. So Jan and yeah. I really work on that. So we're very good at taking time out. Like the last two weekends in a row, my parents have had them like a Saturday night and Saturday night and I've gone out to Fat Boy Slim or done things. I mean, when they were little, that was much harder. But <laughs> now they're fine. a bit older, yeah. Yeah, but we still would – it wouldn't happen as often when they were little, but we just made sure we did those sort of things for mm. ourselves. So from there, being a mum of twins, yeah. how's that been? Like it's, I mean, they're really <laughs> good boys and they're really cute, but like it must be pretty full on. Yeah, they're good. They definitely um, have had their funny moments like when they were learning to sleep. And I remember going one day and they were learning to sleep in beds and it's on my old Snapchat memories. I actually found it and put it onto my Instagram and they completely like, – Pulled apart, ruined a drawer set, the whole room. I've never seen anything so trash. They definitely have their naughty moments. It's just busy. You're just I, – I sometimes feel guilty as it's like you've never had the full one-on-one time and your time is always split, but I guess they don't know any difference. But it's pretty amazing. They're Especially being identical twins, I don't know, they're just – they're bond and it's just insane. Imagine like growing up with someone your entire life – who's just like your best mate and you look exactly the same, but they're into different stuff. But I, I don't know. It's just, I just sit there and wonder still. It's just, I, even as their parents, I will never comprehend what they have. It's mm. yeah. So I know that it's been tough, but I feel lucky now and we're not having more children. So I'm like, now I look no back more. on it. No more. We- I kind of had a little thing there maybe about six months ago. And I was like, Jay, cause we've got about nine embryos still on ice at Fertility Associates. It's like, Jay, let's whip on one back in there. And he's like, no, you're insane. <laughs> But I um, and also snapped because, myself out of it. Because you were so sick, maybe that yeah, would happen totally. to you again, I you think know? that's very much so. That It would most likely. And I think it'd take me that long to even get my head around it. And it was just too, uh, yeah. It just you guys are such us. great parents, though. So that Thank idea, you. I'm like, yeah, please have more children. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I'm like, oh. But, I mean, I feel like we hit the jackpot with them. And Jay, Jay's there is, is that he's like, I'm not meant to get people pregnant anyway. My, my sperm is so useless. So it's only about how was science. He's like, let's not push it, push it out, mate. He's like, we've done well. We've got two kids. They're perfect. He's like, I'm not meant to breed. So let's stop here. We're, we're already winning. Yeah. Um. So it's now I look back on it as much as hard it was. It's so good that I'm done. I'll be 44 when they turn 18. So wow. Yeah. You're going to be that cool mom that yeah. can go to like gigs with them and Pretty stuff. <laughs> I can imagine it. Like you'll be. Yeah. I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah. I, I think that's, yeah, it's, you know, we've done it earlier and that's worked that's for cool. us. That's so. cool. I mean, everyone's so different in what happens for them. I think, like, as well, you guys just seem like a really good team. No matter what you've had thrown at you, you just, like, seem to make it work and just grow together with it, which is so cool to see, you know? Yeah, we we he, we are very cemented team and Jay is all in and helps with everything. I'm very lucky to have I mean, I don't even need to say I'm lucky to have a supportive partner because they should all be like that. It's such a like a mom woman thing. We often be like, "Oh, we're lucky. My husband does the dishes and folds the clothes." It's like time to call bullshit on that. So basically, it's good. He's a he's an equal partner. We need to find more. Don't need to say I'm lucky. I know. I, can we find more Jays, yeah, please? Julie's like that. She's like, can we just clone? Or, yeah. I do get a lot of friends. They're like, hey, where'd you find him? Good old Mount boy. All the boys I've met from the Mount are great. Yeah, they are. They're yeah. good boys. Mm. Um. So you also so now you're a full time mom, but yes. you do a lot of your blogging still and like online work as well. Yeah, so I do the whole influencer thing, which everyone hates saying. Oh, no one that's an influencer that I've spoken to <laughs> likes being called an influencer. Like, yeah, look, I don't get to, I mean, like, oh, we can put our energy into hating some other sort of word. It's just, I mean, it is what it is. So an apple's an apple, right? Um, so I do do a lot of that, but we also own a couple other business, so businesses. Um, we've got one, which is a wine company called Master of Ceremonies, which gets called Drink MC. 
which started as a rosé company, which we started maybe three years ago, and now we do Pinot Gris and Pinot Noir. So we, I've got, a, I've, we've got lots of fingers and lots of pies. We have this new game called Play Randy, which we put out over summer. Um, Jay has a couple other things. So I feel like we're pulled in a million different directions, but it's fun and it means that owning your own businesses and then doing the online stuff means I've been able to stay home with the boys and um, be around for them and watch them grow. And I think especially because we're not having any other children, when they go to school, I always say like when they go to school, I'm losing them. They're gone. I will never, if you look like you'll never ever have them like you have now. They'll go to school and then they go to university and then they go off and have partners and whatever. So this is the only time I'll ever have with them. There's no other little other kid coming up the ranks. So it's really important for me to be able to do that. What's that been like learning to like manage your time and juggle with? So when the kids are at like the kindy or like when they're sleeping, which they didn't sound like they did. did. And if you're like, I never got those kids that had three hour naps. Oh, they, I remember it maybe closer to two, they did their first ever one hour nap. And I had people going, oh, you obviously just didn't, you know, you can do all sleep training. I had professionals come in, Dorothy Way, like the best of the best, best. And even they were like, I just, I can't, I, I, they're like, they, I've never seen kids be that, like I've sat there for three hours over a cot, like shushing and, and patting butts and they, they just wouldn't even break them. It's like they took it as a personal challenge. <laughs> and they have got really ripped bodies. They oh, my like, God, they have like abs. Yeah, they do. It's really it's kind of creepy. Um, but our, <laughs> Jay and I's theory is that because they cried so much and tensed up and everything that they just like had really developed muscles from just And like, they're so busy. Maybe out. they're just moving all the time. Pretty you know? much, yeah, yeah. That's our theory. So, yeah, no, they never slept. So, it's been really hard, especially moving to the mount in the last year and a half because the kindy there, they only went till till twelve thirty. So I oh. never yeah, I know. It was a great kindy, so that's why I wanted them there, but they didn't um get yeah, I didn't get a lot of time and by the time you go to the gym or do something for yourself, you know, it was clean the house and whatever. There was not a lot of time. And I've gotten so much busier in the last year and a half that it was really hard. They've watched a little bit too much TV probably. That's well, all right. They've got an American accent kind of Oh, time. I've noticed that sometimes. Yeah, it's, and do you know what? It's Hunter. Hunter's my theatrical child. Hunter loves unicorns and rainbows. And I love and that. Yeah. Um, he's great. And he his is so much stronger. And I felt really bad about it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm a terrible parent. It's from too much TV. And then I spoke. I had, it might not be, though. Well, I had a lot of, I talked about it on the gram, and I had a lot of teachers and other people come back to me. And this mum was like, my kid watches very little screen time. It has a full English accent from the two minutes they watch of Peppa Pig. Yeah, I've got teachers I don't think who it said it. That. Yeah, I think just some kids pick up on it, and I, I, I make my little. I love my when brother. he does it. Like yeah. I'll see it in your stories or in Jay's stories, and he's, he's talking like trash about trash or yeah. Or he talks about they were making. I think they were making pancakes one day. He's like, I got blueberries and bananas. <laughs> and I was like, I watched it over and over again because I was like, that's so cute. Yeah, it's it's really strong. So then does does uh, do they all pick up on it? Then Oscar picks up uh, on it. He as does, well. but he's not, not not nearly as strong as Hunter. And then I actually just caught up with my friend who had twins at the same time as me. We met in like pregnancy class and she's Scottish and so her daughter one of her daughters has a Scottish accent and the other one has an American and they watch exactly the same amount of TV so it must be just certain people Mm. mimic my brother lives in America my grandmother has lived in America my whole life so I've gone up there a lot and I find if I go to America and spend two or three weeks chased over holidays that I started having a, a real twang so Maybe it's just some people just different pick ears it, yeah, just pick, pick up it up it. and sort of mimic it back. Mm. But yeah, Hunters is, yeah, quite bad. <laughs> yeah. How have you managed, like, working? I mean, you work for yourself, basically. Yeah. What's the, and, and you're working as yourself too. Like, you are your own brand. Like, yeah. is that, like, hard or, like, is it just sort of just an extension um, of you? I feel like the whole, there's the word again, influencing stuff, not hard because I'm just being me and I'd never want to be anything other than me. So, you're not having to put on the show. You just do the thing. And I'm really chill about it. You know, some people are like, I've got to post every day and I've got to do this. I have days where I don't do any stories or there'll be like two. And I don't get so wrapped up on it. I just do my life. I don't stress about it. I'm not one of those people. Like I like to take some nice pictures and stuff now, but, you know, I don't make my whole like story physical perfect. Mm. And I'm just very chill about it. Um, and then the other stuff, it's hard with, you know, only other businesses and, got lots of money involved and, you know, stressful sort of times, and especially when Jay went from working in radio as well to then us just working on our businesses, which was the last of a year and a half, and it's like you lose a whole income stream when you're trying to make everything work. So it's always a juggle and tough, but we've just worked through it. Mm. I think we and I, as I said, like Jay's really lucky and I feel like we're lucky as a family that everything just seems to have always sort of worked out for us. Mm. Um, but it's nice having knowing that you guys, that you sort of created something. 
yeah. kind of thing. And you it's guys really, have created so much. Yeah, and it's cool and it's really like I, it's, I feel so appreciative that I've got this community online that's been able to let me work with amazing brands and make a bit of money on the side to help me stay at home with the kids. Um, and, you know, I'm just so appreciative. I just feel really mm. hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a real, that's really cool. Like, yeah, you are – you are yourself and, and that's, yeah, I guess because sometimes being at home, especially for any mum that might be at home with their children, it could be quite lonely sometimes, you yeah, know. it is. It's isolating and sometimes you can get really wrapped up and lose your identity into the whole mum world. Um, like even when I just I'm like, I'm Anna and I'm a mum, and it's like I try not to, like that shouldn't You're be. Anna. Is, yeah, yeah, that shouldn't be my whole title. There's so many other hats that, I've wear, that I wear. Um, but And that's, I guess, part of why you sort of do it. And I, for me, like I wasn't one of those grammars that something magical happened and then it blew up so you got it's just like a slow growth thing for me and it's just and it was this really nice way to be able to connect to people and talk to people and how did it grow though like do you think it started with your blog and your modeling mm, I, I it was already growing before I sort of started the blog um uh I don't know I just I just started and I was I was one of those real um you know like people who have Instagram and don't post and just like take it all in. I was like that for years. Really? Yeah, I just wasn't like really doing it and then just started posting more and I guess it eventually, because I was an early adapter, I was on there really when it sort of started. I guess it just slowly grew. It was so it was, different back just, then. I yeah. remember back in like 2011, 2012. Yeah, yeah the boys, the boys uh, were born in 2012. So Yeah, it was I remember it was that. so different back then. Yeah, like I go back and look from Same. when it was like a honeymoon and now you'd be like all over and I've got like two pictures and we were in the Maldives, which is the most grammable place in the oh world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it really was different. I, it just was, it just was a real. Expo 2 was the filter we went with. Oh, yeah, 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 Valencia. Yeah, oh my God, that was a favourite. <laughs> yeah, I love Valencia. <laughs> um, now I've got all light rooms in there. Um but yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe it was that, and then having twins at the time. Like Jay was doing MTV and ZM. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Maybe people just like who's his wife? Or yeah. People, you know, people, people snoopy. Are, they people love so to know that. Yeah. Totally. People are so nosy. Like. Or you might, like, you don't really notice because you don't look every day, but you might see there's one person that watches your stories every day that doesn't follow you. See, I've noticed it because they'll be at the top and I'll be like, that's so-and-so's, like, that's like my friend's ex-boyfriend's girlfriend or whatever, and you're like, what the hell? So the people that don't follow you at the top. No, I think that sometimes the people who no, I think that's who looks. At it's your just stuff the, the people most. really lurking all the time. See, because Julie Which, always brings up, she's like, "Oh, this person's watching that and following." I never look at yeah, who Jules watches and I, me. Jules and I have, have talked about that before because we're such like we're psychos like that, <laughs> and we've talked about how if a boy we're dating unfollows yes, us, maybe it's like a sing, maybe it's a single girl thing. We're like, who's up in my business? But yeah. I just yeah, I never look at that. Yeah. I never pay attention. Even um, like my friend Tima, she looks and she's like, so many people have said this picture like of my kid or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, I never look at that stuff. Maybe yeah. I should be looking. I think and then you look and I'm like, know. yeah. So I think that's why it doesn't stress me out as much because then I looked and I was like, there's like the most random photo. And there was, it was like 19 people have saved this photo. I'm like, I'm not Ew. getting any information. Or they've sent it, you know, how they can like press oh, yeah. the arrow. And I'm like, why are they, are they say, you know, saying something mean about yeah. me? Oh, girl. Mm, yeah, I've had that with the bad thing where someone's obviously meant to send my story. <gasps> I've heard of this happening a lot. I've yeah, never done it. So they've sent my story and thought they were sending it to their friend when you can write the message, but wrote to me. Because you accidentally bumped something, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and they. What did they say? Oh, they, would, they wrote it. Um, and I never, you know, a lot of people get the hate and the haters and the trolls. I'm very low on the troll factor, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. But this girl said, I mean, her hair, it looks terrible. I know she wears a wig, but come on, and sent it to me. What did you say back? Oh, um, we had this whole, I'm a real kill people of kindness. There's no point arcing up and being like, you bitch, blah, blah, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I just said, I was like, I'm guessing that wasn't meant to be sent to me. And she's like, no, it wasn't. I'm really sorry. And I was like, it's a really awful thing to say, yes, especially because I wear a wig. I was like, I don't think there's anything wrong with how my hair looks today anyway. It was my blonde wig. She's like, I know I'm being such a bitch. I was like, I hope you – she's like, I'm really sorry. I completely lost from this. I was like, I hope you talk to the person who you're sending this to. They're obviously bitching about with me. And it went to this whole – we had this whole conversation. That's good. It was really good. She kind of came around. She even – I could see, I was like, you actually have friends with someone that I'm friends of. You live in the area that I used to live in. I was like, lucky I don't still live there. I was going to be bumping into each other. Where? It, awkward. Yeah. Um, I had this really good chat, and she's like, I am. It's just really awful of me. I, and I could see, I was like, you're a – 
a, mo- a new mother of a, of a boy. I was like, this is, isn't how we should be talking around children. And, you know, how would you like it if, you know, he was speaking about like that, about a woman one day and we've got to be the role models for these mm. people and we've got to do better. I'm not perfect. I've said bitchy shit. I've, you know, backstabbed and done all the crap too, but I just, you know, you're always growing and learning. And so I kind of took it as an opportunity to chat with her about it. And, um, she even said, I was like, I was like, do you mind? Cause it wasn't really, it wasn't, you know, it never got negative. She instantly was, you know, I could tell, I felt like she was really genuine. I said, do you mind if I share this on my stories to talk about it? I'll blank out your name. I didn't, you know, I'm not a name yeah. and shamer. And she was like, that's totally fine. And so I did. And it was really good for people to see, you know, how we resolved. And I even went back to a couple of hours later. I was like, look, I'm just want to check in and, you know, don't beat yourself Aww. up too hard. Um, you know, I, so I forgive nice you and it's fine. She's like, thank you so much. She's like, I literally have been chewing my husband's ear off for the last three hours about how shit it was. Um, she's like, I, I feel better. So okay. it's nice. I think it's just nice to confront it head on and just use it as a like time to learn and grow. Yeah. And like she can not be a bitch and not yeah, do it. Yeah. It was just, it's and she, she was like, it is. She's like, it's the stupidest thing to talk about. Like your hair Her looks hair. shit. What a shitty call. Like, yeah, like why are we checking about that? Like, oh, your hair's lame. And it's I was like, you can help. Yeah. Especially because I'm very wig. It's made it even worse. Yeah. I'm like, what a stupid thing to bitch about yeah you do talk about um that your modeling sort of really did help you to learn to love yourself and Mm. like that's when you really realized your worth yeah what are some of your self-care practices things that you do to make yourself feel better and I'm sure that you know when you went through postnatal depression there were Mm. things you were needing to try to in the little tiny bits of time that you would have had yeah um it was yeah taking time out I love to read I devour books I'm a really fast reader so lucky um yeah so just even just like when we'd go down and visit the mount where Jay's family lived before we even um, moved in there, Jay would watch the boys, you know, for half an hour, just go like, like I love being in the sun. I'd lie in the sun and read my book, just those things that make me feel happy. I've really got back into exercise finally. I couldn't exercise when I was pregnant and I was one of those very lucky um, teenagers in early 20s where I was stuck then and ate terribly <laughs> and never worked out. And then that changed. Um, so I never had learned to sort of love and like what, you know, what exercise I'd love. So I started doing F45 about a year and a half ago and I really love it. Last year was really tough because we were so busy. Jay spent a lot of time away from home, which meant I couldn't get there or I was away a lot in Auckland. So now we're back here and settled. The boys were going to school. I'm really excited to be like in there all the time, um, which is, I think, really helped with the mental health side of things as well, mm. just sort of getting it out. Um, just, yeah, just taking that alone time, taking time for Jay and I. We've We've holiday. I mean, when the boys were two, it was my thirtieth. Were they two? Yeah, and we went to Bali for um, my thirtieth with some friends, and actually took time away because um, Jay and I love to travel. And at that stage, we've, we travel with them now. At that stage, it would not have been fun. Um, so just sort of putting that in the diary. And I know I'm really lucky to do that, and in the position, and to have family support mm. to do that, and family who are capable of doing it. Um, but that's sort of what worked for us. Yeah, I just. A lot of taking time out where I could just sit with my own thoughts, um, getting into the exercise, um, chatting with friends. Just I all just, the good yeah, things. Yeah, I'm just like a potterer. I just like I quite like being on my own and pottering around. No, I agree. I can do. I can go like a whole day. I'm like, wow, I haven't really done a lot, but I don't know. It's just really restorative for me. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. and it's like having something nice to look forward to, like a holiday or something you've got totally. on. Totally. You can go. Okay, cool. Well, it's a bit Groundhog Day at the moment, but this is coming up, yeah. so it's all good. You yeah. Know? We. I mean, we were really lucky before having the twins. Jay was in a great job. I was in a great job. You know, we had the income to do it. And then when we had the twins, you obviously you know you can't in the first whatever how many years. Mm. That was the first holiday we'd taken after having the twins. Um, we'd gone away with them to go take them to meet my grandmother in America, but not a holiday with six month old twins. Um, yeah. And it was later. Obviously, I was very lucky to grow up with a father who worked in the airline industry, so I could travel a lot. So I feel like I, I kind of get itchy feet when I don't travel just because I'm so used to it. I know it's not you know a normal thing to do, but we didn't travel. There was like maybe almost two years when we sort of changed to owning our own businesses. You're putting a lot of your money into there. You don't have a regular income coming in. So we didn't travel. And I said, to her, I was like, I can't, I can't, I need to have something to look forward to, to go and do. And I know that isn't the case for so many people. And I know I'm really blessed to be in that position, but it got to the point where I was like, I just, we have to plan something. Let's find some cheap flight somewhere and do something. And I said, it, you know, that was the year before last. And I was like, this, I want this year to be a year of travel. I'm putting it out into the universe. I need to do it. It's what makes me feel happy. And he loves traveling as well. And it ended up, we did so much travel randomly last year. 
um, things that just sort of came up. I think it started with someone had a wedding overseas. I was like, yes, we have to go. Cause <laughs> Jake, yeah, because Jake would be like, no, babe, you know, we're saving money. We, we can't afford it. We're not traveling. So I'm like, mm. but when it was his friend getting mad, I was like, yes, <laughs> holiday. And then it just, um, and then it just kept going, luckily. And so I put that out there. I'm like, just want to keep traveling. Although this year, we, we had big tr- plans this year, and now Jay's working. <laughs> he can't go away. So I'm going, yeah. and Julia's coming with me. Oh, you should yeah, tell me yeah, about it. Yeah, because yeah, um, the company he works for, I used to work for them, and yeah. they're very strict on no holidays. Well, it's just during And I it's a new show. It's a new show. Yeah. And like rolling survey now, back when we were oh, in yeah. radio, it's it was 40 like weeks blocked. Of the year. Yeah, it was blocked. It was back, you know, back old radio days. Um, so yeah, I've got like five weeks of holidays and he has none. <laughs> so you get to go with your bestie. Yeah, I know, right? And my parents will be up there, so yeah, we're gonna go to Europe. Oh, how so, exciting. So yeah, so yeah. So I'm you're very doing- lucky to do things. But I think we realised after two years of not doing the things that we loved that it just makes us a different person. So whatever that is for you, it doesn't have to be travelling, it's just whatever you love, actually making the time and trying to put money aside for it or whatever it is and doing it, because I think Jay and I became very different people in that time, just not having that thing that really we yeah. love exploring. We love adventures. That's sort of what lights us up. Yeah. Was that sort of when you were setting up your businesses? Yeah. Sort of when we first, um, maybe like the year before, we, year and a half before we moved down to the mountain, and like the first half year I've been sort of in the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned from starting up your own businesses? Uh, due diligence. <laughs> um, uh, thinking that things will happen way faster than it, ha- um, than it happens. And so always making sure that you're – got enough money to be living off, which we did luckily. But yeah, we thought things would just happen way faster than it did mm. um, or that it wouldn't take as much time. Everything takes way longer than you thought. We first started our um, wine company. We we all just sort of had like, um, we did it with three friends and no one worked on it full time. And then we got to a, a vintage in, as they call it, a vintage with wine. And we realised that someone needed to like, you know, take it on their children. That had to be their full-time job, which we have now. Nick, our amazing business partner, he does it full-time. I help out um, on other things. But, yeah, just realising that it's going to it's gonna take over your whole life pretty much. Mm. And you can't be – I think we're just a bit naive to that, especially owning having a few different ones. And then with Jay being so busy. And sometimes it gets hard, like when we're at the Mount, Jay does a lot of voiceovers and that is regular income, so you'd have to drive up to Auckland or do that. But it gets to the point where it starts taking away from your time to invest in your business. It's like, well, do you want the short term or the mm. long term? So sometimes you have to cut things to make that work. Um, but, yeah, we're, I mean, we're still going there. I wouldn't be like, oh, we're a raging success making all this money No, now. but you're doing really well. It's getting well. there. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a slow burn. And sometimes you come across things that you never thought would be an issue and it's just like, wow, you, it's there's all these wider things that sometimes you just never think are going to come into play mm. that really throws you a curveball. So just – been ready to change direction and change tact and just been really flexible with it all. Yeah, and it's just like learning as you go, I guess, a lot of things. Totally is, and being brave. I'm not, like, I. it really scared me when we, you know, we've got another business, seller control, it's confusing, so I won't go into it, but, you know, we had a lot of money invested in it, and that terrified me because I'm not a brave person with someone like that, whereas Jay's is like, yeah, let's go, and I'm like, oh, my god. He gosh. seems quite fearless, yeah. Yeah, and we'd, like, you know, we'd sold our house, and like, that was a lot of money going into it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is freaking me out. But I've learned now we just have to be brave and have to try. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least you did it. Otherwise you just spend life going, what if? Yeah, and just doing things that don't excite you. Yeah, yeah. and learning that you have to take a hit. As we said, we didn't travel. Um, we were so lucky that we had a house and board and then made some money on it when it was great in Auckland. But we are back renting now and just there's certain things you have to give and take on mm. and just know that. That won't be what be you know it won't be in our future for a while, and especially because we do like to do things like travel, we won't be able to save up and deposit again as fast because that's also something that makes us happy. So just changing your goals and not judging on what other people think is the right thing to do. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're crazy to go spend all this money traveling. You should be saving again to a house." I'm like, you know what? That just doesn't make us happy. And I know that might take you us. Still a little- have a house? Yeah, I'm like we're renting. I'm like maybe it you'll might buy take one us again. Couple- yeah, one day. And I was like, it might take a little bit longer, but. That's, you're just going to do you and not judge yourself of everyone else. Everyone mm. else is run, you know, living their own course and you've just got to do what makes you happy. Yeah. Can't be so judgmental about it all. What would be some advice you'd give to younger Anna? Younger Anna. Um, to, uh, oh, gosh. It's just, a hard one, eh? Yeah, it really is. I've got, I even say it now, I've got a tendency to be a bit lazy sometimes. Yeah, I'm you don't bit, seem it. Nah, but like I can't. Heaps of shit done. Yeah, I do, I do. But I'm a last minuteer. It's just like, oh, you know, the amount of times I stand up all night writing my assignment for uni, or I just wait to the very last minute. I'm just. <laughs> um, my friends know me will laugh if they hear this. I am. I can be very lazy, so just. 
been a bit more proactive, getting onto things earlier, um, I think could have really helped in some things. I mean, it's never gone drastically wrong for me, but it just would have led for less stress, I guess. Um, and just not caring about what other people think because that's what made the big deal with my hair and not showing people because I cared so much about other people's um, thoughts instead of myself. And I think that then redirects back onto me and maybe made me feel sometimes awkward about it when, I, when I'm not awkward about it, if that mm. makes sense. Like I had these both hats. I'm super confident with it, but then I'm not confident because of other people's projections. It's like this bad little cycle. Um, so just, yeah, not care. Don't give a bad F word about what other people think about things and just do, totally. yeah, just do you. Do you have any more career goals? I mean, you've had so many careers. Um, I always, yeah, I feel like I've lived a million different lives sometimes when I do look back on life. Um, it seems crazy to have done all of that within 32 years, but and especially because a lot of that was done pre-25. Yeah, you did. That's why I look at what yeah. you've done. I'm like, she's done so much, like total girl boss. Yeah, thank you very you much. Are. Thank you. Um, I guess because it feels like so a lot. I feel now like a bit more of a girl boss with all the businesses, but for a while there because it was so much earlier and then I was just doing mum life, I didn't sort of, I feel like I didn't have that sort of own self-worth outside of it, but now I'm getting it back. I don't know. Um I'd love to grow a wine company more. I'd love to help Jay be really successful in his other business and then also him supporting him with his the new radio career. Um, just my children to be happy and healthy. And um, I guess it's, it, I think, I think I'm in a stage where I don't really know yet because it's, it's going to be such an adjustment. And just moving back here, I think I'm really going to have to find my feet. But I think I'm really happy doing what I'm doing now. It's giving me a lot of joy. So just keep. Rocking on with just that. Just doing what you're doing. Eh? Yeah. That's the thing. You just got to go with whatever happens and the opportunities yeah. that you get. And I am like that. I'm a very carefree role with the That's flow. That's good. Is that the right way to say it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go with the flow kind of girl. And what about if, like, you know, women that are listening or guys, you know, what is a way, how would you, what would your advice be to them if they're trying to do something, create something, you know, whether it be a business, find their passion, just trying to make cool shit happen, mm. what would you say to them? Yeah, my laziness. Get off your ass and do it. Um, there's so many times <clears throat> you think about doing things and then you get in this trap and you realise, oh, my gosh, six months have gone past and I haven't done anything. And sometimes I think that comes out of fear, which I know has been something for Jay and I, is that you're scared for something to fail or not to work, so you kind of ignore it and don't do it because if you haven't done it yet, then you haven't officially failed yet. Mm. So it's just conquering that um, and embracing it, I guess, like trying to make it part of your like drive and learning not to be scared of of fear if that makes sense mm. like taking it and using it as like your projection with moving forward use that energy in, in a more pro- proactive manner awesome hey mm. thank you so much for all of everything Anna you do so much and like I've always admired you and what you do oh, such you. a good mum as well I'm like mum tips oh, <laughs> thank you I do have when you have a baby come and come yeah, and chat I, to me I, I have a lot of mum tips <laughs> awesome hey thanks so much thank you so much thank you for listening to the self-love club podcast A special thanks to Nick Bourbon, our audio engineer. Please subscribe for more episodes and catch up on eps you may have missed. Reviews and sharing this independent podcast with your friends and on your Instagram stories helps so much in spreading the self-love message to others who may need it. To find the Self-Love Club resources and blog posts, check out my website, bellcrawford.com. You can follow me at bellcrawford on Instagram for updates. I love hearing from you so much. Also, we've just launched the Self Love Club community on Facebook where you can connect with other members around the world. We've got heaps of boss babes coming up to empower you through the rest of 2019 with weekly episodes available each Monday. Next week, another Love Lessons with Gaia. Also, Maddie from the 20s Club is coming up. Heaps more. Catch you soon, babes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.